When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn the Jets Live. I'm your host, Steven Zantz, joined by my co host, Steven Russo. We're joined by a very, very special guest, Robert Tuckman, long life Jet fan, that deals with all the pain that we do. He is the co-founder of Amaze Media Labs and the host of How Success Happens, the entertainment um, podcast. Rob, how's it going? It's good, man. The last time I saw you, you were interning for me when you're about uh, 17 years old. So uh, <laughs> now all grown up with your own podcast here. I love it. <laughs> yeah, Steven, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Enjoying uh, talking some Jess nostalgia again uh, with Rob here before the show starts, but uh, pretty cool to hear your history here too. So Rob, super excited to have you on, man. So uh, you said you were at the game this past Sunday. Why don't you kick it off, man? Just tell us your thoughts on, on Jets Eagles. Uh, well, I mean, you know, my first thought, you know, it's really interesting because now I start taking my daughters and um, it's a little bit different when I'm usually I'm just sitting there by myself and literally so focused on, on, on everything. But I just think with, I mean, I've never seen their defense this bad. Like I have never seen guys. They're just running eight yards, like first play eight yards, eight yards. And like, I hate the excuse of don't have the talent. Cause I know if Bill Belichick was coaching the defense or Rex or someone like, and they did have times when they didn't have talent. Like I get it. They're under man. They need a lot of stuff, but I've never seen the defense this bad. It was great to see Zach, um, you know, and I, I think like the first three drives, right. They scored TDs and, and he seemed comfortable. And I do think that he would have played, you know, they, they were off the field for so long in that one stretch in the third quarter, like, but there's something good going on with, I think, LaFleur and the offense. So it's hard to swallow these losses because I'm, I'm the type of guy that, like, I don't play for, you know, I don't watch so they get a better draft pick. And, you know, I just I want to win. And, and that's, you know, we were talking before the show, like, it still bothers me and I'm depressed at, like, fucking 50 years old when they lose. It's embarrassing, but um, it's nice when they win. I'm in a different mood. Yeah, that's totally fair. Uh, Steven, what are your thoughts on the game? I mean, we're going to do a little segment, good, bad, ugly, and then the underrate, under the radar and pleasant surprises based on like the game and really just over the last few weeks. But Steven, what were your overall thoughts on the game? Yeah, I think Rob hit the nail on the head. I mean, the, the defense is surprisingly bad. And honestly, I mean, you can look at uh, it's, you know, the way this game went is kind of a flip flop of how the season's gone. If you think about it, like, Finally, the Jets come out hot. The offense starts, you know, starts hot. Zach Wilson opens up. I mean, three touchdowns in the first three drives, which is a complete, you know, flip from what it was leading up until this point. But if you look at the at, at kind of how the Jets season has gone in the first four or five weeks, we were all, you know, 
uh, highlighting the, the job that Olbrich was doing because the defense was playing out of its mind and, and kind of punching above its weight class, yet the offense wasn't playing up to par. Now, LaFleur goes into the booth, does all this stuff with Mike White, Josh Johnson, Joe Flacco, and now Zach Wilson. The offense looks great, and Jeff Ulbrich in the defense. I mean, and Rob, you're right. It's, it's frustrating because it's not anything crazy that's really beating them. It's simple concepts. They can't do simple things. They can't rush the pack, passer. They can't tackle. They can't defend a screen. They can't defend the run. Uh, you know, I think quarterbacks must be averaging like 75 80% against them, and it's, it's astounding how bad it is. So, you know, and we'll get to, to this at the end of the show, but, you know, you probably think that we should be licking our chops playing Taysom Hill. Well, uh, Taysom Hill is going to be licking his chops playing us. And so is that running game. So um, it's, it's astoundingly bad. And Rob, I think you're right. I think there's a talent deficiency, but I think the answer kind of lies somewhere in the middle where Ulbrich's not doing his job coaching the way that he should be. There is a talent deficiency there, but I think you got to figure out something to be able to get any kind of stop. They really can't. And when they do, there's a penalty or something that throws it off. You know, Shaq Lawson finally gets a sack, but he rips the quarterback's helmet off. There's, there's always something where this team just isn't, it's simply not good enough to overcome those little things that they keep shooting themselves in the foot with. And that's, what's frustrating. Yeah. It really, you know, it bothers me too. I mean, you know, I understand there's going to be growing pains. You know, I like Sala in terms of the way he communicates and, and he seems level-headed. I don't know, you know, necessarily how great a defensive mind he is or coordinator. Albrick, you know, like bringing this guy in, didn't have a, a huge past, you know, and I just think like they're going up against some of these incredible, like the, the you, you look at Belichick and, and, and some of these guys who were coaching before some of the, these guys were even in football. And, um, but at the same time, there's still got to be a level of play where it's not embarrassing and you hit it on the head. Like they, this flip was, they came out, you know, three TDs, of course, like the kicker situation, like it's a real <laughs> kill, you know, but, but, you know, you have, I think they scored on the, the seven, like first seven drop. You that's, you can't have that in the end. You just can't yep. even overcome that. And that's what was bothersome. But, you know, again, at the end of, at the end of the day, as much as I want wins and everything, this whole year is can Zach Wilson, can he be our quarterback? Because that's what we've been searching for, for 40 plus years. And like I always said, I would have drafted a quarterback every single year until you find your quarterback <laughs> and they're doing it the right way. Then, then they're, they're building up, you know, I, I think with Douglas, like he's focused on the right things, offensive line. It'll be interesting. They'll probably take another offensive lineman, like the Becton situation is a little weird now. Um, but, but, I am excited about the fact that, um, you know, that Wilson potentially these next five games can hopefully, you know, he's shown flashes, he's young and with LaFleur and, you know, they're putting up points. How long has it been since we've seen them put up like points? Yeah. We, we would always say we're like, everyone's like, Oh, they score all these points and put up all these yards in garbage time. Like there's been so many times where they were so inept on offense. They weren't even doing that when they were losing games. Yeah. So I'm like, it is progress when you're a Jets fan. Like you've never read like consistently good quarterback play or at least productive quarterback play. And it wasn't happening. Yeah. But yeah. Kind of, you guys nailed everything about the defense. I'm not going to go into it at nauseum, but the one thing I want to say is the defensive line is so overrated because when they play a good offensive line, they can't do anything. They only have success against inferior offensive linemen, which I feel like most NFL defensive linemen should do because you're an NFL player. But like, 
Quinn Williams, like he's, he's good. He's up and down. Same thing with JFM who obviously had a great game last week, but didn't hear from him this week. And it's just frustrating because it's like, that's supposed to be the strength of the defense. It's supposed to ease the pressure on the back end, and it's not. And that's yeah. why they look so adept and they can't do anything. But so many things that's frustrating about it is the missed tackles, like you guys said, yeah. the separation. They're playing too much zone. They're not playing enough, man. That's why they have 10 yards before they even get touched. It's just yeah. – It's crazy. It's hard. I mean, Kenny, Kenny Gainwell took a screen to the right side, bobbled it six times, turned around, ran five yards before anybody got even close to tackling him. It's, it's honestly an embarrassment. I really – I've never – I mean, Rob, to your point, I've never seen a defense this bad, and that says a lot. We've watched a lot of bad Jets football in our, in our you know, fan tenure here. This, this may very well be the worst, and I, I don't think it's close. What do you yeah. think – why the cutlet? So I, I, I agree – you know, Stephen, with you, uh, Zance, that like way overrated. You know, they, they obviously lost Lawson, who would have helped a ton. I thought that was a great pickup, but, you know, injuries are injuries and they do need an edge rusher uh, for sure. But at the same time, way overrated, thinking they were going to be a strong suit. But what I don't get, you know, even though, you know, you're playing a, a really young secondary or, or safeties or below average, but like, why is the separation and just the missed assignments? Like, why is that? Is that on the coach? Is that on the players? Like, what do you guys Yeah, I think it's very scheme-based because the scheme isn't designed to really have that island corner. It's more zone to, and I think it it is definitely because of the talent. I think they would adjust if they had someone that they could trust on any number one receiver. Bryce Hall is a good player, but he's not someone you want to put on an island the whole time because we've Mm -hmm. seen him get burnt. But when he's playing in zone, he holds his own, and he's definitely been really good. And he had a terrible pass interference call, which the officiating in the league is just that, so bad. That was awful. awful. That call was awful. The, the thing that bothered – I want to talk about this because the thing that bothered me the most was that one play when the Eagles had the fourth and one or with the spot, and they literally were saying on TV, they're like, oh, this is not going to get overturned because there's nothing disputable to do it. And the guy uh, – What's his face? I don't even know his name, but the guy. Gene Steratore. Gene Steratore was literally yeah. like, I just can't see them do it. Of course they do it. It's because it's the Jets and we just never get any benefit of the doubt. It's just so frustrating. It, it is. That, that is the most frustrating. I forget there was a play like that a few years ago. I forgot who it was um, getting into the end zone. and they Safarian opened. Jenkins, 100%. Yep. <laughs> yes. yes. That was yes. it. And you just, that guy, I was like sending hate mail to Ron Rivera. <laughs> what the f- I forget his name. Oh, Al Riveron. Al yeah, Riveron. yeah, Al yes. Riveron. Like, oh, man. I'm glad you guys are young and you remember this stuff. But, like, it's just bothering <laughs> But it's true. The Jets, they don't get. And, like, as bad as the officiating was, like, you talk about that. And it really, like, I hate always going there. It was last week. There's no doubt. But, you know, they, they, really, they really have to figure out the defense uh, side of the ball because it's just – you can't win game. Like, you know, they had a couple good games, but overall this defense, it's just, it's hard to watch eight yards, like every first down it's. Yeah. I mean, Gardner Minshew was doing whatever he wanted to the first two quarters of the game. Yeah. I'm actually someone who thinks he's pretty good and thinks he should be starting long-term on a team, but it doesn't matter. And the whole thing they said, the oh, they didn't prepare for him, but like you knew Jalen Hurts was probably very iffy to play. He had an ankle injury, and he looked horrible the week before. So they probably were like, oh, it's, we should probably hold him at least one more week. So it's like, why would you not prepare for regarding that, Minshew? That, that was the thing that bothered me the most. And I was talking to someone before the week and even reading uh, before the game, 
like, you know, last week and saying it looked like Hertz wasn't going to play. And I was going to say the difference between this coaching staff, this is what I said to the person, the difference between this coaching staff, if they're good and others is they're going to prepare, they're going to be prepared. And when for Minshew or for Hertz, what, like, how could you say it's the same system? The same, that, that makes no sense. Like <laughs> realistically, like Jalen Hurts is their run. Like it, it's just that, that was really when I was like, I, I first was like, wait a minute. Do these guys know what they're doing? Does Albrecht mm-hmm. know what he's doing? I'm curious to Sala, like how much, like, he, you know, I love the fact he's a, a, you know, he has offense court or defense court. He's not on one side of the ball, but still like they might have to get rid of that. Like, you know, it's going to be interesting. They won't, but like, if this continues the next five games, like it's, I, this is unwatchable. Well, yeah. I, I think we all applauded, Robert Sala kind of being that CEO head coach, because we haven't had that right yeah. from Rex to Bowles to Gase. We haven't had, and everyone remembers, you know, Gase, while the defense is on the field, he's scribbling in his little notebook or whatever. We don't know what the hell he's yeah. writing. Yeah. So we all applauded Robert Sala for doing that. And I think that was the right approach. I, I think <clears throat> now is the time though. You have to insert yourself into those defensive meetings. You have to insert yeah. yourself into the, into that scheme. Cause this team, this, this defense, that side of the ball needs help. So if you're the guy and you did it with uh, you know, a very a talent deficient uh, defense in San Francisco, I mean, that yeah. team got killed by injuries last year and he coached his ass off. He's got to get in there and figure it out in regards to the um, preparing for, for Minshew versus Hertz. I, <clears throat> I agree. I listened to Salah on uh, on the Michael K show this week, who said you really don't plan, you, you don't game plan for players. You play, you game plan for play callers, which I can understand, right? And that makes sense. So I think again, sometimes the answer is in the middle. But to your point, yeah. Jalen Hurts run for almost seven hundred yards this year. You can't tell me that the time that you spent preparing for him took away from what you could have been doing for Gardner Minshew, or you can't tell me that you could have done a better job preparing for both. uh, If, you know, or I'm sorry, if you had done a better job preparing for both, the the outcome would have been different on Sundays. So I think the answer it's, it's gotta be. And at the same time, you know, CJ Mosley, Bryce Hall, just don't say that. Just don't even, don't even say it. Don't let it out. Don't let that out in the open. I mean, that's, that's another thing. So I think that's something just kind of, you know, the media sense, I think Robert Sal has got to get better at that, but at the same time, coaching your guys, like, don't even say it, just let it go. Keep it in house. We need to address it. Yeah. Yeah. You're You're totally right. It's, it's so frustrating, but we've talked about a lot of negative. Let's talk about positives because there were some positives in this game. And it's, I feel like we talk about it every week and, you know, from the moment Steven posted a viral video of Elijah Moore during training camp, I'm sure Robert, you saw that video that NFL posted of him having that crazy touchdown in practice. He's just awesome. And it's like, thank God he fell to us. I know that they said the same thing. It's like, when was the last time they had a rookie player, this electrifying, he literally could be a Pro Bowl. I mean, he's not going to this year, but he could be a Pro Bowl or next year easily and potentially all pro with the way he plays. And it's been four different quarterbacks and he's it's, still doing it. That's exactly. Okay. That that's to me is what has shocked me. Just the fact that he's playing with four different quarterbacks. He plays with this desire and he just gets separation. He gets open. His routes are so good. Like, I, that has definitely been for for looking at this season, knowing that this guy literally could be a number one and, and potentially. And you know, um, I'm I'm happy even with you know Corey Davis. It's, it's been a you know just up and down, up and down. You know, he's he's better from what I've seen than this year. You're just hoping he comes back. But more, I will tell you, like that. 
I don't remember, like we were talking, I don't remember the last time the Jets drafted or had a receiver. I mean, you go back to like Brandon Marshall and those guys, but like not they didn't draft them. They didn't draft yeah. them. not their own guy, right? That like he said, you go back to Keyshawn, right? Or someone like that. But yeah. I like I I love this kid. Yeah, he's it's they we they finally broke the second round curse of taking <laughs> wide receivers or skill position players because it was just like 10 years of just these guys can't play with the exception. I think David Harris is one guy and there's another guy I can't yeah. think of off the top of my head, but it, literally it's insane how they just kept missing. Oh, no, Mark was it Marcus May. Yeah. Marcus May is the only Marcus May. Yeah. Yep. So literally they finally have broken that <clears throat> curse. They finally got a skill position player. I can name a hundred guys beforehand that they tried just didn't work. And it's just fun because you know, he's going to be here. They're, they, they're definitely going to give him an extension, assuming yeah. he doesn't have some major injury, knock on wood. I mean, well, you know, with the quad, the quad now, I, but hopefully oh, where'd that come from? Yeah. Well, he oh, had that in training camp, which is makes it a little frustrating because what if yeah. it's the same quad that he aggravated then that basically missed all of the preseason in camp. So, yeah, but you're right. I mean, especially with uh, Corey having an up and down season and he's had his moments, but I think the down is kind of uh, outweighed now the good that he did have, which is disappointing for him. And I do, I, I agree with you, Robert. I don't think, I think he's better than he showed. And I think he's going to come back next year and he'll be a reliable number two now with Elijah kind of solidifying himself as the number one, which is to have someone that was uh, especially as training camp rolled on, as mini camps came out, training camp rolled on, like, everyone was all over Elijah. So to have it actually come to fruition and not just completely blow up in our faces, I think is something we need to celebrate. And you're right. I mean, he's so smooth. And the fact that Darius Slay, who is a really good corner is following him all game long and he's still getting what six for 77 and a touchdown. I think he should have had another one. I mean, that that drop wide open. Yeah. That drop before the pick and that route was so pretty. And I'm sure he'd be the first one to say, you know what, I need that one back and I'm sorry, Zach, but um, I thought, I think Elijah, more uh is just continually impressing us week over week but if we talk about the good i gotta go to zach wilson and i think this was his best game as a pro up there with the titans game probably a little bit better because i think it was more consistent all the way throughout he he looked good he looked like he was in command he came out hot his footwork was better he didn't miss many throws even the couple that were a little high to the running backs i thought they should they still should have come down with um, and yeah, I mean, it was tough. He was, he, he came out and scored in the first three drives, I think went three and out at the end of the first half. And then the one three and out in the third quarter. So he was sitting for what two hours of real time or whatever the hell that was, but still, even in the fourth quarter, when the game was kind of getting out of reach, he was still moving the ball. Uh, the one pick that sailed on him, you know, he wants that back. I'm not going to kill him for that responsible for three touchdowns, one turnover. That's okay. I think this is something to build off of. And I think we're kind of starting to see that. Um, I think in New England before he got hurt, he was still looking good. I don't think the Texans game was as bad as, as what a lot of people are making it out to be. I think it was kind of a, a middle of the road game. Yeah, it was rust. So if he can kind of show, uh, you know, that he's building on this for the last couple of games, I think, I, I think he looked good. I came away very impressed with Zach Wilson uh, against the Eagles this Sunday. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I thought the same thing and, you know, just looked much more comfortable and I, you know, you remind yourself like what, how many, he's only played like he's rookies only played. He missed four games or he's yeah. played eight games, whatever. Like, however you look at it, like, and if he can progress these next few weeks and just see seeming command, I mean, that to me, like I said, that's what this, as much as I live and die on each game, as much as it comes when I'm sitting there in like May and June and getting ready for 
we have one year where he's progressed. He did good. And we know he's our quarterback and he's going to get better. They're going to bolster up the offensive line. This kid Carter looks like the real deal at running back. Like that was like, they're, they're not on the offensive side of the ball. And with LaFleur, you know, those question marks are kind of answered now, even Elijah Moore, because in training camp, you're like, Oh, he seems great. But when you do it, a lot of those question marks are answered on that side of the ball. And that's why it's so important these last several games. And, and I just think he's Zach's got the talent and, you know, I was, his arm is amazing. His arm is incredible. Like he had that one incomplete pass. It was like a 60 yard and it looked like it was effortless. You know, it was just an insane throw. And I'm just like, when was the last time a quarterback who could do that? I I know. And I think with him, the thing too, is like when you're a rookie and you're just like those nerves, like, and he's, that's going to go away, like come year two and, you know, year three, whatever, like that stuff is, that's why I just love seeing that, you know, he's, he's got that arm strength. He's, he's building up some chemistry now with some of the receivers, like Elijah Moore, like that's the stuff that's, you know, we're hoping we're sitting here in two, three years and, and looking at, you know, deep runs into the playoffs. Right. Like, you know, and, and I'm psyched because I mean, now when I look at the Jamal Adams trade, like, I don't know if you guys saw today, he's out for the season. Yeah. What, what, yep. a, what a trip, like, you know, and there was guys that were like, what are you doing? And, but like, now that's incredible. They're stocked with picks and cash and they could really bolster up and get to be respectable next year. Yeah. And if they listen, if they can get an edge rusher or somebody on another offensive lineman, they turn Jamal Adams into two blue chip players because Elijah Vera Tucker is a stud. Like he's uh, one of the best mm-hmm. run backing players in the league right now. It's it's insane. But uh, one guy I want to give some praise to because he's not really talked about a lot, but he's actually held down the fort really well since they brought him in last year is George Fant. According to yeah. like the advanced stats, he's actually only given up one sack. It's 502 passing block snaps. That's imp- that's impressive. I mean, yes. he was a guy when they signed him. He's the first guy they signed during 2020 free agency. I was like, oh, he's a converted tight end, probably a swing yeah. tackle. But they gave him a lot of money. He's been good. Like he has been really surprisingly good. <laughs> I know. I, I I agree. I think you know the one area. So he's great pass blocking, and, and he had remember he had some early troubles, but then he settled in. You know, the thing is, though, with Becton, it's like on his his run blocking, right? That's what we want to see next year is like AVT and Becton. And like, that's what this whole offense is predicated on, supposedly, right, is establishing that run game. And if AVT just so psyched about him, but Fant, if you have that guy as, 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 you know, either starting somewhere or like as your, your backup, I mean, the offensive line and they pick one more, let's say with one of those Mm -hmm. two picks, all of a sudden you're looking at a whole different, you know, whole different game. The 9 10 line. That's like literally was one of the best lines. It was, it were, it was crazy. Like the protection that the quarterbacks used to get on the, under that line, the holes, the backs would get, cause they didn't have like a superstar running back. It was like Sean green, Leon LT, yeah, um, Thomas, Thomas Jones, Jones, former guest, guest of the, the show. show. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, uh, you know, we all kind of came out of that uh, week one game at Carolina scratching our heads when George Fant uh, won the starting right tackle job over Morgan Moses. Didn't really look that great, uh, you know, and I think we always talk about, you know, you're only as good as the guy next to you. And Greg Van Roten has not been good at all. So maybe some of that and how George Fant looked on the right on the right side was, you know, can be attributed to that. But since 
Giannis moving over to left, missing uh, a Becton. George Stan's been good. And honestly, this entire offensive line has continued to impress and getting better and better each game. And this, this running game has looked pretty good over the course of the last few weeks. And I think the one downside, and Stephen, I know you and I mentioned it last week, is that you're kind of mad that you can't see Michael Carter as the, as the line yeah. continues to get better. But, you know, another under-the-radar guy is Tevin Coleman had really impressed. I mean, I, I think a lot of us thought that he was washed coming in here with this, you know, big injury history, obviously. But he hits the whole hard. He gets all the yards that are there. I mean, Tevin Coleman looked good uh, in, you know, really filling in for Michael Carter. And, I mean, uh, this offensive line, I think, is, is really coming coming along nicely. So Robert, to your point, when, you know, the season's all said and done, if they can actually make a push to, to, to keep Morgan Moses, they already got Fant locked up, you know, yeah. you got back to an AVT. So I think McGovern has kind of been better than, you know, what we all thought he was, which is a nice surprise. But if you can solidify that interior, uh, you know, get a guard, uh, maybe take a center, um, at least provide yourself some depth. I think that starts to get that offensive line to where it could be a, you know, top 10, top 15 unit in the league, which would be great. Nah, that's what you need. That's what any quarterback needs. And, you know, you look at Sam Darnold, not to say, like, I mean, just with the line he played behind, it, it's such a factor when I go back and think of all these quarterbacks who come out rookies, how important, like I look at Mark Sanchez and, and Sanchez, he played bet in the playoffs, those playoff runs. He actually played really well, got better as the games went on, but, but there was a reason everything went to shit, right? Like in the third like year, fourth year, cause the line wasn't the same. Yeah. And like you put any like, NFL quarterback behind a great line it just makes them it, it's all the difference so it is exciting like on that part and like I'm very excited about the future and 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 just what it could be I think this year this draft is so important I love what Douglas did last year like you know obviously the year before uh we're still some question marks but like you know if they could get it right this year with all these picks they've stashed and bring in the right free agents like tight ends may, you know, whatever it might be. I think, I think, uh, you know, we'll be in much better shape. I, I think it could flip much quicker than, than people think right now because they're looking at our record and just, I, I do think, you know, from being a longtime jet fan, it, it could flip a little quicker providing, they got the right coordinator too on defense and, you know, which. Yeah. I think, you know, you talk about it and I hate that, you know, it sucks that we're already, you know, we're week, what, 14 and we're looking ahead to the, to, to the off that. season. I hate, I hate it, but it, you, you have, you have to do it. We're sitting at, at three and nine. I mean, it sucks, oh. but we have to do it. But, you know, <laughs> you mentioned Safarian Jenkins earlier. I mean, outside of the end of, of Chris Herndon's rookie year, Safarian Jenkins is probably the best tight end we've had in, <laughs> on the jets in the last, what, seven years, eight years, maybe. Um, but that's something the Jets absolutely 100% need to address uh, in the offseason, whether it's through the draft or through free agency or both. But it's also kind of nice to say, so we talk about the O-line. Yeah, do they need a piece or two on the interior? Yup. Outside of that, tight end, I mean, you, you feel pretty good about the way this offense is going. Defensively, I would argue you probably need like six to seven new starters, including Carl Lawson, right? So if you look at that side of the ball, who are your guarantees? You know, JFM, Quinnen, Mosley, Bryce Hall, and Carl like Lawson Quin returning. And Quincy. 
and Quincy. Quincy. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's playing very well. So, you know, you got five with Carl Lawson, maybe six, if you include Quincy, that's still another five starters and definitely more depth. So uh, that's, you know, Joe Douglas is going to have his work cut out for him here. Cause this, I think this offense will progress to where it could be a, uh, you know, a, uh, Floating, you know, flirting with a wild card spot. If this defense is, is you know, going to replicate twenty one, it's going to be we're going to be in trouble. That that that's the whole key. The defense need you can't get it all fixed or get close with one year, even with all the picks, and because you still need to fortify some of the offense. But you know that's why if they could make some picks, get better, and then you know the following year really kind of add you know, the right pieces where they're both kind of top 10, top 15, you know, offense, defense, then you have a real shot. It, it is good though, to see the offense going in the right direction because we, we've always. You're a podcast listener and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. We've we've had great defenses or really good defenses since, you know, the Rex years. And like, yep. that's why this also seeing this defense get like just smashed is, is kind of, even for Jets fans, it's, it's a little disappointing, but like to finally see the offense know where they can put up some numbers and they're just going to get better, especially if they get a really good tight. I mean, they neglected the tight end and that's a big part of the So offense. frustrating. Like, <laughs> totally. And it's like, why, I, I don't, there's things that Douglas has done that I just don't get. Like even with the kicking game and like, oh. you know, like the, like it's an important part of, the game like a, a great punter or a field goal kicker is like I, I i don't as much as people joke like kickers like like it's, it matters it matters a lot more than people give credit for and it's just like how do you just neglect that like go bring some dude in who like kicked five years ago i'm sure could have came off the street and hit extra points like you know yeah. like no like i don't know but like i hope they address that and i, I know yeah, yeah. They had two kickers who were good for them, and they let them both go. They had Nick Folk for almost like seven years, and then they had Myers who made the Pro Bowl, and they yeah. let him go, and he's I, still I good. That. It I, just I, it doesn't make sense, and it controls the game. I mean, think about it: if they had twenty-one points instead of eighteen, 100%. the way you're going to approach the game is going to be different because you're only down. I guess it was twelve points at the time, 
but you could play a little differently and more, you know, the play is aggressive and you could run the ball a little bit more. So it's just, yeah. And even the energy, the energy in the stadium, like, you know, you score that Barrios gets a, they score touchdown. It's so deflating to like miss that. You you could sense it with the crowd and, and just even like, and I'm sure it goes to the players too. Like, you know, that, that's the whole thing. And then it happens again. And like, and then, you know, the, the week before with Amendola and missing a couple, like it's a huge part of the game for momentum and just, and like you said, for actual points and keeping it in, in line with one score game or two score game, it, it, it really is important. I hope they address that and figure out that part because, you know, that's just super. Yeah. Cool. I think Joe Douglas um, has done a, okay job thus far right he's done some really good and i think other things and it's it's perplexing because like you guys said it's it's like he's choosing not to address it so not getting a veteran kicker i mean he's done this all three years he's been here the Corey vedvik experience uh you know last year with sam fickett and now never bringing in any guy with experience letting robbie anderson walk for the money that he did and bringing in brashad perryman you mentioned you know the tight end position Tyler Croft, you were banking on him to be your tight end one. Well, he's got an injury riddled history and guess what? He's injured again. And and now, you know, Ryan Griffin shouldn't set foot on the field. I mean, yeah, he caught a touchdown. Good for him. But I think Will Parkinson, uh, TOJ's own Will Parkinson posted the the, the failed block on the kick return where if if, if Griffin just – just gets in the guy's way. Barry also scoring the touchdown. I mean, it's embarrassing. So there's just been like perplexing things like that, where it almost feels like he's, he's just neglecting to try to address the need where he's just, he's obviously just got to get better at that. I mean, there are, there's money there. There's draft picks there. Address it. It's, it's there for the taking. You can throw money at it. That's your job. So I think this off season is going to be a big one because the 2021 free agent class has kind of proven to be a big swing and a miss. I mean, listen, you can't, you can't plan on injuries. I get it, but big miss. And this, if it weren't for Bryce Hall, you know, yeah. Stephen, we've talked about it how many times if it weren't for Bryce Hall, that 2020 draft class looks like a, a, a you know, it looks very bad to say yeah. the least. So Joe needs a big off season here coming up in 2020. He does, and he's going to spend, he's a hundred percent going to spend. And the reason I say that what he's here, he's going to be like, we need to fix some of these holes and you have all this money. You're spending it. I think it's a little bit different than when Christopher was running the team. Woody always was okay with making a splash. They're going to be aggressive and they have all this cap space. And I saw the cap went up by like 20 million year over year. Yeah. So they are going to spend money. They're going to address some of these holes, but they also got it on the draft. You got four picks in the first two rounds. That's so crucial for this team building. I mean, that's, that's, you just said it four picks in the first two rounds, like, and just what you can do there and building it. You know, I know I get it. You have to build from the draft and you have to that that's a great way. Like we said, Elijah Moore, some ABT, these guys that are you're building the right way. But you also have to add some really good free agents. And 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 as much Douglas, like I like his the, the ideas, at least that he had, you know, you build it through offensive line, defensive line. Like that's the way to do it. That's how they when they drafted Mangold and Brick and, you know, that was how you do it. And I love that approach, but at the same time, you know, I know you can't control injuries, but you, you also have to expect like Lawson at injury issues too. Right. And, and Croft. So it's like when you're gambling like that, you need a backup plan. Like that's mm-hmm. what I, I haven't. Yeah. We, we all were saying in, the, in camp when they literally like cut all the tight ends, I think Croft was the only one who made the who actually made the final roster before they did like practice squad and all that stuff Or like, are they just not going to get another tight end? And then of course they bring back Dan Brown and uh, Ryan Griffin, and then put you bow on the practice squad. But I'm like, yeah. 
you're just playing a dangerous game. And I think that's also hurts Zach's development because one of the biggest things for a rookie quarterback is have that security blanket in the middle of the field. Instead, he's had receivers running this into each other in the beginning of the year. It's like, just get someone who can play tight end, get Dalton Schultz in free agency. Rookie tight ends rarely contribute to get someone who's a professional tight end who is competent. It could block and catch. It's not that hard. I think you're so right. I think that was the biggest, you just said it. Like it's so important to a quarterback's development and to be able to do that. And they just totally that that's the weird thing with Douglas, like just did not address that or, or didn't take care of that. And they better, I mean, that they better go hard after, you know, some of these free agents uh, tight, like they, they have to, um, you know, get that solidified. That's so important, but you know what, for Zach, then it will be good, you know, in terms of having that. And I'm, I'm, you know, as I said, I'm probably one of the most optimistic Jet fans, even after getting beaten down for 40 years. And I'm going to really, I want to say, tell you guys before, so I'm in a bad spot because not bad spot, but as a Jet fan, because I never got to see Namath, right? So I just missed that. So I don't like my older guys. I know oh, at least they saw their Super Bowl. Yeah, like, I never got I started watching 1980. And, you know, I just if I think back to like all those years, like I've just been in the worst spot as a Jet fan. <laughs> I just want to see them. I, as I've always said, I just want to see them go to the Super Bowl. I don't care if they win or lose. I want to be at the Super Bowl watching the Jets being playing in the Super Bowl. And uh, and then I can die in peace. You know, <laughs> I got the Rangers. They won the cup. I've had that. Um, you know, I'm fine. I just need I just need the uh, the Jets. Yeah. The I need the Knicks and the Jets to win. And then I can the die. Happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, the Knicks have act. They're the they're the model to show that the Jets can turn around. The Knicks were so incompetent for forever and they have shown that they if you make the right decisions and you do put the right people in place yeah you can fix it and I, I do think that they have the right coaching staff I mean Ulbrich could obviously potentially be expendable depending on how they finish but I I like LaFleur I think Salah is the right guy because because everything you hear about Salah is nobody who interacts with him on a daily basis has anything bad to say about him and I, Rex who was going after him spoke to him and he was like I was wrong about him and it just goes to show you I think it's just he needs more players. He does. And we all know that, but you still want to win. Like you said, you can't, yeah. how many Sundays you're going to watch? Like imagine being a Jaguars fan last year. They lost 15 straight weeks. Like how do you, I mean, the Jets lost 13 straight weeks. Third, so yeah. we basically experienced it, but it's just, you want to enjoy your Sundays. You want it to be like, come wow. down to the last I minute. Want, I want 500. I want, I'll take 500. In the hunt. That's our, always our thing. I go to the stadium. At least they're going to win maybe this week. They're not going to win this week. Or I just want the competitiveness and like, even after this Sunday, being there and seeing the first three, like, I'm like, okay, great. This is going to be an actual competitive game. And then the defense fell apart. I mean, the bar is so freaking low for what we <laughs> want right lower. now. And it's just, that's all. This week I'm t- with New Orleans, like, I'm really hoping that they're so beat up. They're coming here. Zach has now two games under his belt from coming back. The defense better be embarrassed. Like, they've got to come out, like, this is one of those games when you look back and you hope this team wins six games this year or five or six games. Like this is one you should win. I hate to say, even though they're underdogs, whatever, like at home, this is one, like you want them to get the win and grow. I think the big thing here is, is for the defense to improve. There's one guy on that entire offense who scares you. And he's coming back this week. It's Alvin Kamara. Stop him. That's it. 
they don't have any receivers to scare me. They haven't had Michael Thomas all year. Marcus Callaway isn't anything special. They have no tight ends. It's their offensive line is good and they have Kamara and Taysom Hill is like whatever he is, but he can run. So he could obviously hurt the jets because they can't stop the run, but stop Alvin Kamara. Do not allow him to 12 screens. Like it, it just, that's it's that simple. <laughs> it scares me because the screens are like, you know, uh, they had so many wrong calls like last week with the Eagles, just like they, they were over pursuing like three or four times through a perfect delayed screen. And the guy got 30 on third, like that's what bothers me because those are play calls like right so like this week though like take that like you're right it's 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 basically like the old Belichick like take away what they do best and let those other guys try and beat you let's see what happens I, I I hope but like I'm really just also hoping to see Zach come out for them to move the ball to get you know to get points and 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 keep and keep having him grow yeah yeah, I, I agree. I think it's tough to have any trust in this Jets defense after what we've seen for these last few weeks. And as much as I want to say, I mean, I think it'll be competitive, but as much as I want to say the Jets will come out on top, I'm not sure if they will simply because I just don't, I don't trust the defense and I can't, I, I can't trust it until I see it. And, you know, Taysom Hill comes out and throws four picks against Dallas. Well, this Jets defense isn't, isn't as good as Dallas is. And we're, we're, we're definitely not, uh, we can't take the ball away like they can either. Cause I think the Jets have only forced what four turnovers all year, That's the other four thing. or five, something yeah. like, you know, you, you can't fall on a fumble. You can't get a pick. Um, it's, it's really bad. And, you know, we've talked about it, but even when things do go, Jets get the, get the Eagles in a third and 19 and they go cover one and Jason Pennock falls down and the guy runs wide open for, for an easy conversion. It's, it's things like that, that I simply just pee. I continue to see week over week that just, it's not going to let me trust the defense until I start seeing it, you know, somewhat consistently. Yeah. And it's going to be hard to pick the Jets in this one, even though, I mean, Rob, like you said, from the outside looking in, like this is a game they should win. The Saints are dealing with uh, numerous injuries. They are banged up. Taysom Hill is not a good quarterback at all. The Jets should win this game. They're at home. The Saints never travel well outside of that dome, specifically in cold weather. Sean Payton could coach circles around Robert Sala, but still. You know, uh, pound for pound, I think the Jets should win this game. I simply just don't trust the defense to, to be able to come you, up with you stops. You just talk me out of it. I, <laughs> I, think I think you're right now. Shoot. Uh, <laughs> it's, but you know you're what? Right, though. You're right. Well, why should, you know, it's, that's where, like, you just hope, but they've looked so bad. Like, and, and again, like, you, you hit on it they're not taking the ball away. They're not making any games. You know, they had that one, the one, uh, the week before in Houston, the, the pick, yep. you know, um, but, but besides that, like, where are, they're not even near the receivers. So how are you going to no. get the pick? Yeah. It's exactly. Like when your defensive linemen and linebackers have the same amount of picks as your secondary, it's a huge, huge problem. Huge yeah. problem. I think Eccles, is he coming back this week or hopefully? I think he was clear. He was clear for practice, right? So hopefully we see yeah. him on Sunday. Which yeah, so you Keelan know, Cole's and, yeah, Keelan ahead, Cole's I'm sorry. back. I was just saying Keelan Cole was cleared. I was gonna do a whole injury thing. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah, that's good. I mean, you know, of course, uh, Elijah Moore pops up on the report, but Corey Davis being out for the season and you know, a lot of Mims build up. We've been talking about Mims so much, and he's finally getting his opportunity with Corey I'm out. Done with him. He, right. I mean, he, you know, the, the only way that he shows up is getting a what a penalty on a crackback block on a run play that that negates a, a nice run by Tevin Coleman. It's like Mims. I, we can't defend you any longer. You got to, it's, it's put up or shut up time. You got the talent, man. It's clearly there. You got the size and speed. Just, you got to go out and do it and you got to make the most of your opportunities. And he's not, that's, that's basically what it boils down to. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like the, you know, everyone thought Stephen Hill. Stephen Hill's going to be great, right? Like, he had two touchdowns his first game against Buffalo, right? And then all of a sudden, I think, but, like, Mims, like, I don't – why they sat – like, something had to be up with, like, and you guys might know, like, I just think it was really strange. Maybe he didn't know the routes. Maybe he didn't know the – like, maybe that was the deal, and they were sitting, like – but he's got, like, the physical tools, and he should be – he should be a good, this is his chance, man. Five weeks right here. Like, if you know, you got to put up. So, yeah, I was saying this last week. I just think that he's, he's trying to rely more on his abilities versus putting in the work and technique and studying. I, I think that's, that's probably why he's been in the doghouse because he doesn't work hard in during the week. He's just, you know, he's a specimen and he's just trying to rely on speed and athletics. Can't do it. Can't no, do it. Yeah, Antonio no. Brown. He works really hard as bad of a guy as he is. Right. Yeah. So true. But uh, Rob, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Give us a game pick. We need oh, one game. Man. Pick. Well, I was telling you before Russo talked me out of it. Um, I was having the Jets. I was I, I was even thinking like maybe like uh, 24 17, 24 19. I mean, I don't know if they can even score that many points, both these guys, but like um, <laughs> or kick a field goal. That's yeah, the other thing you gotta factor in too. Yeah, that, that's why I have the weird number in there, because you know, yeah, right? a few extra points. Um, all right, I'm I'm gonna even I'm gonna I'm gonna say because uh, I'm taking my older daughter for her first jet game. My, my other one's 0-2, so she's sitting on the bench. Um, <laughs> this, I'm bringing my older one, so I'm gonna I'll go. I'm gonna go with the Jets. I'm gonna go with uh, a 24, 24, maybe a 24-19 game, and uh, and and Zach looks good. Throws two TDs, uh, and fuck it let's go with that uh, uh unfortunately uh, i think russo might be right but i'm i'm sticking i'm going with the jets so it's on the record all right Steven, Steven, you, what's your... oh you, you want me to go all right you go, you go. i am uh i want you to know rob i typically am like the toj resident optimist i always am a glass <laughs> half full kind of guy with the jets but i just i really have yeah, been burned right. too many yeah. times you're right um i'm gonna i have I, I like i said before i simply just can't trust the jets defense i i think uh the saints are gonna run the ball a lot and the jets aren't going to be able to stop it. So I do think the offense continues to look good. I think it's going to be a close game. I think ultimately the saints come out on top. It's 24, 21 saints, but we still uh, see a competitive game here. Zach continues to look good. The offense continues to build booth. The floor is still good. Maybe Ulbrich's got to go to the booth. Maybe that's the answer. You know, it worked <laughs> wonders for the floor. Maybe Ulbrich's got to go to the booth, but I just, don't, I simply don't trust the uh, the jets defense to stop uh, even Taysom Hill. And, and I'm kind of scared of Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill's legs too. So uh, saints come out on top 20, 421. All right. So Steven, I'm going the opposite of you. I'm positive this week. I wow. just, I just feel it. I don't know why I think it's a golden opportunity for the jets to really get a game that people don't expect them to get. And I saw signs last week on offense. So I think that offensively they're going to be able to move the ball and score some points. Like Rob said, 23, 20 jets. Zach has multiple touchdowns. I think he throws for 300 yards. I think they run the ball, but it's, they don't have a hundred yard rusher. I think you'll see a committee of Austin Walter and Ty Johnson, because it seems like Tevin Coleman might miss this week because of the concussion, which sucks because you finally saw something good from him. But I still think Walter's going to have a lot of juice. I was really impressed with him in Houston. So 23-20 Jets. I don't know. Just I just have this feeling. I don't know why. All right. Uh, this like this it. never this never ha- I'm never the only negative one here. I can't believe this. Maybe this it's is, a, this it's is a, how it happens. Maybe it's a sign of things to come, split. right? This is how Rob, <laughs> Rob, how success happens. He's yes, negative. We're this positive. Is how there it is. Happens. Exactly. And 
Certainly, I will not be interviewing anyone from the Jets uh, for my podcast, How Success Happens, until maybe a couple <laughs> years from now we can get Salah on the show. Uh, we're all happy and they're making deep runs and, uh, you know, we, we flip the strip because it, it has to happen, man. I, I've been saying it for way too long. And before I die, I need to see them in the Super Bowl. So anyway, yes. but thanks like for having me on, guys. Yeah. I, I totally appreciate it. No Rob, problem. very nice meeting you. Thanks for jumping on, man. I appreciate it. Take care, Rob. And like I said at the top of the show, make sure you subscribe to Rob's podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast, How Success Happens. Really cool guy. He's done a lot of stuff in sports and entertainment. So check it out. Hit Arthur Blank on the show. He told us before we went live. Great stuff. And as always, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Turn on the Jets TV on YouTube. And then also make sure you subscribe to our podcast feed to get our show, Will's show, which he has a very special guest. I won't tease who it is, but I found out today this week. Um, and then also draft season, which the guys have been breaking down secondary and safety guys because we need safety. So make sure you check that stuff out. Um, we really appreciate anybody who's been tuning in. We only have a couple more episodes left in the season and continue to ride with us as we go through. And like we always tell you, make sure you tune into Badlands. It's the best premium Jets content you're going to get. You know, it's great to hear Connor and Joe do their postgame reactions, midweek pod, Connor's film breakdown. And then my favorite thing that got me involved with TOJ the 12 pack on Fridays. So Steven closing thoughts. I feel good. I don't know why I feel good. <laughs> I, I feel, listen, man, I feel like it's a game. The jets should win. Like I said, I just don't have the confidence in the defense that they'll do it. But um, I think, you know, as much as I'm going to root for wins, it's not like last year, I'm not rooting for losses. I'm not rooting for an improved draft position. So as long as we continue to see progress on the offense, um, and it's competitive and I'm rooting until the fourth quarter, then I'm a happy guy. So whether the Jets come out on top or not, as long as they keep it close, man, I'm good with that. And let's just see uh, continued improvement from Zach and Elijah if he plays. And, uh, you know, let's let's see how things shake out. But um, I think overall, it's uh, it, let's see just progress over the course of these last five games. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I think we'll see. May not be all wins, but the biggest thing, and I mentioned this in the Slack and I want to close with this is, Buffalo is in a position where the game against us week 18 is going to matter because they play New England again. They play Tampa this week. There's a chance that we can hold them out of the playoffs. And if we are in that position, nothing would make me feel better than knocking them out of the playoffs like they did to us in 2015. That's if we all could I'm return saying. that favor, that'd be and great. That would be – and Zach plays well. It's just Poetic um, justice. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would be fantastic. But um, like we always say, appreciate everyone who 